Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. Coming to you once again from Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, high atop the Highway 7 Ridgeline from TSPN. That's the Survival Podcast Network headquarters, a.k.a. The Ant Hill. Today is... April the 12th, 2012, and this is episode 879 of the Survival Podcast, and we're going to rectify something today. We absolutely do not talk enough about health and medicine and critical care, collapsed medicine, and stuff like that on here. It's not one of my areas of expertise. We've had Patriot Nurse on, we've had Doc Bones and Nurse Amy on. We've talked about it some, but not enough. Uh, I've had talk, Dr. Christensen on and talk about herbals. Today I'm going to have Julie Beeling on, and she's going to talk to you about essential oils and a lot of things that I think people don't even look at or consider with essential oils and ways they can improve our health daily and ways they can be a backup for us in a time of scarcity of medicine. One of the first things that disappeared from the shelves of stores in Greece as their economic collapse began was medical supplies. It's almost impossible to find a bottle of aspirin right now in Greece. Think about that. You're going to hear today how to prepare for that eventuality beyond just storing up pharmaceuticals and how to make your body more healthy. Before I bring Julie on, though, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Now, sponsor of the day number one today is MERS Radio. I just did a show on CB. And compared to CB, MERS is short-range communications, uh, at least the unlicensed version of it. Um, you're, you're looking at a couple miles at, you know, with the right terrain and all, and maybe with some better antennas you can push it a little bit more. But basic MERS is a you know, one, two-mile range technology. So why would we want that? Well, one, that's a lot of range when we're talking about dealing with in our neighborhood and uh, dealing maybe if we have a few acres or something like that on our own property. Uh, it's not used anywhere near as much as the family radio stuff or GMRS. It's not used anywhere near as much as CB. And with five frequencies and five subfrequencies, you can usually find a place where you don't hear anybody but you, and that means very few people hear you. So you've got that going for it, too. But my big thing is the security feature. You see, with MERS, I can put these motion detectors on my property, and they tell me when something or someone is in a certain sector. Now, if you want to take this to another level, you can add something like cameras or something that does not run on MERS. That would be your wireless communication. Communications, things like you can use hunting cameras that uh, do a feedback to a computer. You can use traditional surveillance cameras. You name it, but that can be done. The big thing is you know someone or something is moving around an area, whether it's a two-legged rat on your back porch looking to come through the window or whether it's just the dog trying to escape and you don't want them getting out of the gate. Either way, you know that is what makes MERS something special. It's affordable. It's great. If you get in touch with Rob over there, he'll help you make the right choice if you're not sure what you need. Next up today, Safe Castle Royal. As I always call them, the original survival podcast sponsor. When there were no sponsors, when this show had a couple thousand people listening to it, Uh, when I didn't even really know exactly how I was going to do sponsorships or anything yet, Vic Rontala said, look, I love what you're doing. It's clear that you're up and coming. You're making a difference, and we want to sponsor what you're doing. That was over three years ago. And Vic you know, renewed as a, as a sponsor for a full year back in January. The loyalty is there because Vic is one of us, and he has great stuff, everything you can think of for your prepping needs. Uh, and he also has a really great program. He sells it every day for $49. It's called their Discount Buyers Club. And you pay this $49 one time, and then you never pay it again, and you get great discounts on like almost everything they sell. 
Well, guess what? If you are a member of my support brigade, the member support brigade here, the listener-supported portion of this show, you get that membership for free. Now, it's 49 bucks. I sell the MSB for 50 It pays for all but $1 of your first year. Since I just said that, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the MSB real quick before I give you a few other things today. I'm running a sale on the Member Support Brigade right now. If you use the discount code TAXES, T-A-X-E-S, because Monday is tax day and I have to pay some more taxes, um, you can get the first year for $40. That means that if you go get Vic's membership right after you do that and then you you know are going to buy anything from Vic in the next year or so and it's going to actually give you a discount on stuff you're going to buy anyway, that you actually profit $9.00. With your first year. I think that's pretty cool. And that's just one sponsor. And there's discounts from over 32 different vendors. I'm hitting people up all the time to try to get you more. I'm just not hitting up cheap stuff. I'm trying to get you good deals with the right people. Um, but, yeah, I'm running that sale right now. Taxes, it's not being published on the blog or anything. It's in little notes here and there. You know, there's a discount if you listen. So if you're listening this week, you have until Monday, tax day. To use that discount code. If you want to pay by mail, just write it on the form. Uh, you can deduct it if you're paying by cash check or money order. If you're using silver, we'll give you a couple extra months because we can't fractionalize silver very well. All right. With that, I also want to remind you guys you can connect with me on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I put some interesting stuff out on that all the time. And I want to remind you about our TSP Copper store. We can get really cool copper medallions, tspcopper.com. Uh, copper is maybe looked at today as the poor man's silver in some ways. Check it out, tspcopper.com. Uh, last but not least, remember, if you are a member of military, law enforcement, Peace Corps, first responder of just about any kind, email me with who you are and what you do, or who you are and what you did, and I will give you a discount code for the Member Support Brigade. I do that at all times. It's not just a sale, and it's better than a deal I have for a sale right now, and it applies to recurring membership charges as well. All right, with that, I've got everything wrapped up. I do want to remind you one more thing, Revolution 2.0, okay, the, the, the 1,000th episode as of today is what, 121 episodes away. It's a few months. Get me your pictures for the Revolution 2.0. Put Revolution 2.0 in the subject line. Send me your pictures of what you're doing to make your life more independent and more liberty-oriented so I can do a 2.0 version of the Revolution is You video that we put out on YouTube. I think that's going to be great. I think it's going to make a huge impact on people to see that they're not alone. Also, I will have the number set up for you guys to start calling in your testimonials for episode 1000 on Monday. I actually have the number set up already. I'm not going to give it out till Monday, do some travel and some things like that. I'll probably actually give it out Tuesday. Uh, but I'm going to have a dedicated 800 number for you to call in. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, go listen to one of our anniversary shows. I'll put some links in today's show notes. You can see what they were like. Start planning what you want to call in because episode 1000 is going to be me saying, hello, this is Jack. This is episode 1000. It's awesome. The video is released. You can go here and see it. And now... We're going to hear from you. And for however many people call in, I don't care if it's two or three hours of calls, it's just going to be you. It's just going to be people from your community telling you what they've done to create liberty in their lives. I think it's going to be really special, and I can't wait to celebrate episode 1,000 of the Survival Podcast with this audience. Because I have to say something right now. It just you know, kind of hits me as I'm getting ready to introduce our guests. I have the greatest job in the world because my job is to serve the greatest people I've ever known. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you, the audience. I can't tell you how grateful I am that you tune in every day. Even when we argue on the blog, some of you guys, and we have our disagreements, I can't tell you how grateful I am for all of you. The fact that you people believe that you can change yourself means that we collectively can change our nation for the better. And those of you who are international listeners, that applies equally to you. 
You guys that are in Australia, you can change your nation. You've got to do it by starting out right in your own backyard. And with that, I do have the housekeeping wrapped up. Let's go ahead and introduce our special guest today. Her name is Julie Beeling. Julie founded Essential Survival in 2010 with the goal of helping as many people as possible be equipped to take care of their health in the event of a natural disaster or economic collapse when medicines are expected to be scarce as well as on a daily basis. Essential Survival combines the effectiveness and purity of essential oils from young living essential oils with Julie's passion and extensive knowledge on both natural healing and disaster preparedness. That sounds like something we need to know more about. So with that, hey, Julie, welcome to the Survival Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Hey, um, I'm glad to have you here because one of the biggest areas that I get questions about that I have probably the least background in is um, medical stuff. And, of course, what you do involves a lot of use of what are called essential oils. And, uh, you know, can we just start out with what is an essential oil? Definitely. Yeah, this is one thing um, that, you know, once people get to know what essential oils are, they're hooked. But it's kind of a mysterious thing until that time. So essential oils is basically, it's an herb, an aromatic herb like a peppermint or lavender plant. But then it's been super distilled, the, the actual the part of the plant that gives you the therapeutic value and that also happens to have the aroma, is super distilled, super concentrated. And so um, you have basically several pounds of herb in, in one little bottle. And um, it takes um, just one drop of, of our peppermint essential oil to equal, it takes 26 cups of peppermint tea. And I did the math, it's about 2,200 cups of peppermint tea to equal one of our little bottles of peppermint oil in terms of therapeutic value. And the other fun thing about essential oils that's great for preparedness is that if they're stored properly, there's no expiration on them. They're super portable, and they're really ideal for disaster preparedness. Yeah, I mean, because I, I think some people hear something like peppermint oil, and they think of, like, peppermint oil is essential oil. And it's, it's a very, very different world, because I can make peppermint oil with a whole bunch of peppermint and some olive oil, and it'll be peppermint smelly, but it's not at all what you're talking about. Can you kind of talk about what you mean by super distilled? How, how yeah. does that actually work? Yeah, definitely. So what you're talking about is a peppermint infusion when you take, and I think that's fantastic for people to do, to take the peppermint plant or the lavender and infuse it in olive oil, and that can be used medicinally, most definitely. But essential oils are even much more concentrated than that. And this this technology started to be used back even in the time of the Egyptians, the ancient Arabians, and it was the medicine of the royalty. And they found distilleries in the Middle East, um, quite ancient ones, and um, where they would distill frankincense, for instance. But basically, um, without getting into too much chemistry, you know, it, it does have all that those bottles and everything, those glassware, like in a chemistry set. And you take the you take the plant material, the herb and you pack it down, and you pass steam over it. And the steam, what it does is it pulls out what's called the volatile chemicals um, of the plant, and that's actually what has the, the therapeutic value. It has the different properties that are healing, and it has also the aroma. And it, it pulls that out, the steam does, and it goes through these tubes, and then later on there's a coil where it's cooled, and then it um, it condenses down and it separates into the water and the essential oil. Okay, and you, your website is essentialsurvival.org. Uh, so you obviously have a bent toward 
uh, let's call it crisis medicine, survival medicine, um, disaster, collapse medicine, things like that. But you're not doing that just because it's a good marketing niche. You actually feel that from a standpoint of preparedness, essential oil is the ideal medicine to have for that type of a crisis situation. What makes essential oils uh, so uh, perfect in your estimation for that type of use? Yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, let me start by saying that I absolutely love herbs, and I think it's great for people to learn how to forage for herbs and grow their own herbs. And I love colloidal silver, and for people to have their own machines is fantastic. Garlic, fantastic. There's a number of amazing things in nature that, that we can all utilize. But what I absolutely love about essential oils is, as I kind of mentioned at the start, is they're so super concentrated. So you have, like I said, in one little bottle of our peppermint oil, it needs to be a therapeutic-grade peppermint oil. It's over 2,200 cups of peppermint tea in terms of the therapeutic value. So you can have a whole set of essential oils. We have what's called the essential oil survival kit, and it fits in a little burlap sack that you could put in your pocket, in your purse, your backpack, that if you had to, like, evacuate or travel light for whatever reason, which we know, you know, those types of scenarios definitely occur, that you could just grab it and go, and you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, having a whole basement full of herbs or, you know, oh, my gosh, how many cart this colloidal silver machine with me. And so essential oils, you know, they're, once again, there's, I, I should mention this also, there's different grades of essential oils, and many, unfortunately, many of the essential oils on the market are not what they say they are. It's a highly unregulated market. You'll find, um, you know, a big bottle of lavender oil online on some of these places for like $8, and that's, I'm just telling you, that's not lavender oil. It might have some lavender oil in it, but it's going to be adulterated with all different types of um, laboratory-made chemicals. It might have been chemically extracted from the plant. So you really get what you pay for. But when you're buying the therapeutic-grade oils like we have at Essential Survival, you're really getting a very powerful arsenal um, to add to your first aid kit. And you can start using it now and save a lot of money as well. But the essential oils, they just they don't expire if they're stored properly and if they're pure oils. They found vats that have held essential oils in King Tut's tomb, for instance, some of the tombs in Egypt. And um, incidentally, the essential oils had been stolen by thieves because they were so valuable. But there were still some residue inside of the, the big vats they found. And the, the residues of essential oils were still viable after, you know, how many years? Hundreds, thousands of years. So... Wow. How do, how do you ensure and how does like, because I mean, obviously there are people with lower end products. You said it's unregulated, but they're not the only one with a really high quality product. So how do the people like yourself that put out this high quality product ensure the, the product quality? That's a great question. So my supplier is Young Living Essential Oils, and they're based in Utah. It's actually where I happen to live. They have several of their own farms. They have a farm in Utah. Ecuador, France, and Idaho, as well as a distillery in Oman. And they grow many of their own plants, distill them um, with steam distillation at low temperatures. They they have a mass spectrometer to test all of the oils that they that they make themselves and that they also purchase from other vendors around the world. And there are certain signs when you look at a, a sample of an essential oil with a mass spectrometer, there's certain signs that, oh, that that's not right, so that, that looks like certain chemical was added. Um, 
Because what, what a lot of the essential oil companies will do, actually the vendors, the companies don't even know it, is that the, the oils are cut with different constituents to make them, to basically water them down. Um, and you can only tell with an aspect spectrometer, although you can actually tell by the smell that it doesn't smell as good either. So what you're saying is there are some suppliers out there that may be telling you, hey, this is great stuff, and they may even believe it, but their supplier has a lack of integrity somewhere along the distribution channel. That's exactly what I'm saying. So there's actually so lavender um, that grows in France. A lot of people know about the, the lavender fields of Provence, France. And um, basically, there's only a certain amount that's produced. I think it's 25 tons, but there's... Ten times that much that's sold as fine lavender from Provence, France, when only twenty, like only a tenth of it is actually produced. So it's it's, it's very well known amongst experts in the aromatherapy field that the the essential oil uh, market is very it's, it's kind of a disaster. And really, there's there's a few there's a few companies that produce oils of extremely high quality. Our oils are so pure you can use them internally. Um, Many of them have a white label where they're FDA approved for internal use. If you come across an essential oil that says not for internal use, and now especially if it says not for topical use, for aromatic use only, you know that you're dealing with a really poor quality oil. And sure. That makes yeah, perfect yeah, sense. That's... Yeah. You, if you want to use it for, for perfume, that's fine, but do not use it for medicinal purposes like I teach people how to do at EssentialSurvival.org. Gotcha. Well, that's that. I mean, that's a great tip alone. That if it's it's not, especially like you said, not usable for topical use. Well, then what's what's in there that I you know, and I can I can imagine certain things that they would use to cut it that you wouldn't want to put on your on your skin. Um, so great tip there. What? Because we were just talking about this before I, I got you on the air. There's really two types of scenarios that people would prepare to deal without conventional medicine for. And one would be kind of, let's call it the acute disaster scenario. So there's been an earthquake, and we're going to deal with it for a time. And the primary problem we have is injury, right, because we've got people hurt from traumatic injury. The other type is kind of a long-term situation where we're dealing without drugs and medications. There can be overlap. Haiti's a perfect example of that overlap. But in yeah. general, what are some of the distinctions in the ways that you would use essential oils in one versus the other? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a huge distinction there. So, um, essential oils for like a disaster. I have several articles on my website. For instance, one that I just um, updated on how to use essential oils with the common injuries that occur with tornadoes. We definitely had several tornadoes recently in America. So, the three main types of injuries there: we have soft tissue injuries, we have fractures or dislocations, and then we have brain injuries. And of course, you're going to need to have your first aid kit with bandages. You know, you know, definitely you need to have that. But essential oils can be an absolutely amazing um, adjunct to your your standard first aid kit. So, for instance, lavender oil, therapeutic grade lavender, is amazing to help stop bleeding. It disinfects wounds. It speeds up the healing. In fact, I stepped on a piece of glass last night. Now, this wasn't a natural disaster, but I use these oils constantly. I stepped on a piece of glass, and I I washed off the wound, and then I put lavender directly on the cut. And it helped, it helped just to stop the bleeding. And I put a Band-Aid on it. And um, today, there's no pain at all. It's just a little little red mark. It's, it's healing very nicely. Um, 
I've, I've, I've seen people use lavender with much more serious wounds. Burns, for instance. My mom had a third-degree burn on her wrist. She was she was making something in the oven. She pulled it out, and she touched her wrist to the oven. I think it was on broil or something. Anyways, it was black, charred skin. And she pulled her, she got her lavender, um, and she uses our Young Living Lavender Oil. She applied it right to the burn, and she did that two or three times a day. She actually never needed to go to the emergency room, and within a week, all that was left of the of the burn was fresh pink skin growing back. So, um, anyways, with earthquakes, you know, um, different types of wounds. Um, purification is another one of the oils that we have. Thieves frankincense, also great to help with disinfection. Now, with fractures, we have an essential oil called Panaway that's wonderful for any kind of sprains or strains or breaks. And, of course, you need to have your bones set. And um, and definitely, if there's medical help available, I definitely recommend taking advantage of that. But whether you know, there is or there's... There I want to talk about before you move on, because a lot of people always think about the fracture situation. Like you said, then we have to set bones. But as someone that just had a pretty nasty high ankle sprain can tell you, you can be fairly immobilized and in quite a bit of pain without a break. And sometimes a sprain can even create greater discomfort and pain because everything is still stressed and it hasn't lost the stress of the break. I'm not saying I prefer a, a break to a strain, a sprain. I'm just saying what I've heard from doctors that sometimes a sprain actually will cause more pain and inflammation initially because that 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 joint or those tendons or ligaments are under a, a stress and tension. Uh, and I just had one where I ended up in the fetal position on the side of the road for a few seconds after I did it. Um, so having something to address that is, is huge, even if we don't deal with a break. Definitely. Yeah. Um, our, our Panaway essential oil is especially good for those types of things. It, it's, then, you know, so you look at those pain relieving creams that they have at the at the drugstore, and they have a couple of main ingredients. They have menthol and they have methyl salicylate. That are, um, if you look at essential oils, peppermint oil is extremely high in menthol. It has more menthol in it naturally than some of these these creams. And wintergreen oil is way higher in methyl salicylate naturally than the creams you buy. And now, when you add them together. A Panaway oil has peppermint, wintergreen, and two other essential oils. What's the name of that oil you're saying? Panaway. It's it's it used to, it's like Panaway, but because of the FDA, they can't really you know you can't gotcha. have names of, of natural products that say that they do anything. <laughs> so it's Panaway, P-A-N away. Yeah. So it's like pain away without the eye. Okay, gotcha. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Let's continue. I just want to make sure because I was I was hearing like. Panaway, Panaway, Panaway. I was wondering if there was a plant that I was missing. Okay, so okay. I'm sorry. I just wanted people to know what you were talking about. Yeah, please, definitely. Please continue. So it's just, yeah, it's a blend of four different pain-relieving and anti-inflammatory essential oils. So not only is it pain-relieving, but it's actually taking down the inflammation and helping the tissue to heal. And I've used it several times myself for, um, for injuries. Now, I sprained my ankle hiking down in southern Utah a few years ago, and I didn't have Panaway, but I had my peppermint and lavender. And I was in excru- I was writhing in pain, and I did this, this. I did take an Advil. Someone had an Advil. I took the Advil because I was in so much pain. But then I used the peppermint and the lavender, and I only needed one Advil. I stayed off. I stayed off the ankle, obviously, the whole next day, and stayed in stayed in camp, and just kept putting the oils on. And by the next day, I was able to hobble to the car to get home. And within a week, I was totally fine. And it was a really bad sprain. I mean, I was like. Like I said, I was totally writhing in pain. So, um, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
yeah, so that's just one example of that. Now, another type of major injury with tornadoes and other types of uh, natural disasters, you have brain injuries. And, of course, if you can if you can get medical help for this, you definitely need to. But there are some essential oils that can be a great help as well. Frankincense oil is one of the most powerful substances on the planet to help heal the brain. It actually goes through the blood-brain barrier. And when you combine it with peppermint oil, which is highly anti-inflammatory, you can really help potentially with, with brain trauma. I know a girl personally who she was actually hit by a bus. And she had a brain injury. She was actually um, couldn't move half of her body. On one side of her body, she was paralyzed, and she wasn't able to talk or walk. And the doctors told her that to give it a year, and, and she might be okay within a year. But she did not accept that. She used the frankincense and peppermint. She put a drop of each on her thumb and then put that up on her soft palate in her mouth three, or four, three to five times a day. And she also um, did some energy stuff, energy work. But she was, within a week, she was able to move that other side of her body, start talking and walking, and she just had some minimal things to deal with after that. Now, that's something that's going to sound very, let's say, sensational to some people. Um, Is there any type of, let's say, chemical, biochemical reasoning behind that type of uh, of a result that, that you know that can be explained to the layman, let's say. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't want to get too much into science. I do have a science background, so I'm kind of a science geek myself. So, frankincense oil is natural, and it's very high in natural compounds that are called sesquiterpenes. And these natural chemicals, which, by the way, most of our drugs that we have, they've taken natural chemicals from plants. And they've just replicated them over and over and over again. But it's actually better to use the actual plants because you don't, instead of getting a huge amount of one natural chemical that then the body doesn't know how to metabolize that, you get hundreds of natural chemicals and your body can metabolize that much better. <clears throat> but frankincense, one of the compounds it has is sesquiterpenes that's shown to be able to penetrate deep into the brain, oxygenate the tissue, and even help to regulate neurotransmitters. This also happens to be fantastic natural antidepressant. There's several several studies on PubMed.com showing that frankincense is a natural antidepressant. also happens to be a natural anti-cancer agent. Tons of research coming out on that right now. They're in the animal stage of testing to show that frankincense is anti-cancer. But that aside, so you have the the, pep, the frankincense that can go deep into the brain, regenerate neurotransmitters, or regulate neurotransmitters, and then you have peppermint oil, which is highly anti-inflammatory. Um, one of its main main um, constituents, like I said earlier, is menthol, which is used quite you know in a lot of different preparations that um, the pharmaceutical industry uses. Menthol is one of the, the chemicals they use. So um, there's a ton of science behind it. In fact, people who are true aromatherapists, you have to be a chemist. It's chemistry. So well, it makes sense. And I would think that um, with something like brain injury, inflammation is a major concern. And you're talking about anti-inflammatory properties there. And if we're able to reduce that inflammation, not only are we able to allow for better functioning now, but by reducing the duration of that infl- inflammation, especially in the cerebral area, we're going to prevent additional damage from occurring. So while the patient's sitting there waiting for a year for it to get better, they're actually having a situation where the injury becomes worse if we don't do something about that inflammation. 
uh, w- without coring a hole in the person's head and saying we're relieving it uh, or right. something like that, you know. Um, so right. that's that's uh, that makes sense to me. And I, I wanted to ask that because I know people are like, oh yeah, it fixes your brain. I, and I, I don't, I couldn't have explained it the way you did, but I knew there was some legitimate biochemical reason that that would work. My other yeah. question is with something like a tornado, you know, you have people that just lost their house and maybe their business and maybe their place of employment and maybe a family member's missing and the dog's gone. So even if the person, like you look at them, they look okay, there's probably a lot of anxiety, stress. Some people just, let's call it freak the hell out uh, yeah. or deep oh, depression. Yeah. And there's probably some things that, that could be addressed by someone with maybe a little bit cooler of a head using essential oils in that situation as well, I would think. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely one of the one of the biggest problems with disaster or any kind of societal chaos and just actually day-to-day living in our society is is stress and trauma. And there's a ton of research. That's what essential oils are known for the most, is helping with those types of stressful situations. One of my favorite essential oils for that type of thing is called Valor. Valor like like bravery. And it's a blend of oils and I I used this. I actually had a situation in my life a few years ago where I kind of had the rug pulled out from underneath me. And I'm sure it's not as bad as when you, you're in the midst of a, you know, family members all dying everywhere and you've lost your house. But it was still a really not a fun situation for me in my life. And I used Valor on my feet every morning. Um, and the feet are a great place to put the essential oils because the pores are four times bigger than elsewhere on the body. And the, what happens is within a few minutes, that essential oil is in all the cells in the body. And it does that especially quickly through the feet. And it's helping to oxygenate the cells. It's helping in many cases to um, some of the essential oils will actually help reduce excessive cortisol. Some of them will help to regulate neurotransmitters, like I said. And so it can be extremely calming, and there's a ton of research on that. But Valor is one of the oils that just helps you feel like you can cope a lot better with stressful situations. Um, There's one called Peace and Calming, and I like to use that along with lavender for anxiety. I had a very anxious boss a few years ago, an attorney, who would come in freaking out, and I would make him put on peace and calming before I would work with him, and it, it worked like a charm. But also, that oil, peace and calming, happens to be the one that helped me get off sleeping medications that I was addicted to years back. Um, but yeah, emotional distress, um, despair, those types of things, a huge problem in a natural disaster and an economic collapse that's projected to be the number, the number five cause of death, despair. And so having something in your arsenal to be able to deal with that, especially if you have elderly people that you're working with, children, or people who are not, who are predisposed to anxiety and depression, you've absolutely got to have something to cover that. And I don't know anything that more effective than essential oils. And you can stockpile essential oils. So. Yeah, um, let's talk a little bit about, like, my biggest concern for this nation uh, which that I see is like an eventuality. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know exactly the order in which things will go on. But I believe that economic collapse is only a time away. And we can put X in there for time, and it might be months, years, or a decade. I don't know. But I can mathematically work out the equation that the way we're handling things economically ain't good. I can look at Argentina, I can look at the Soviet Union, uh, I can look at past examples of where nations have behaved this way and see what happens. So in an economic collapse, we're more in a long-term shortage situation. We have to deal with the acute injuries because that happens all the time, but we also have maintenance medications, illnesses that go without medication. So what are some things in that world that we can address with essential oils? 
So this is this is what I feel the most passionately about. I feel very passionate about using essential oils for injury, but I feel 20 times more passionate about helping people to prepare for a collapse scenario. The number one cause of death is projected to be lack of access to prescription drugs in an economic collapse. Now, years back in 1998, I was a missionary in Russia, and their currency, the ruble, collapsed at that time. And this was in Russia where the people are... 20 times tougher than we are, and uh, it was still pretty chaotic. And I remember I was there because we were standing in line for basic foods. Um, some of my friends were in villages where the only thing they had to eat for two weeks was buckwheat growth. The blood factory shut down. Um, it was it was pretty chaotic, and this is in Russia where they're used to lots of chaotic things. And I just had this strong feeling. This was, I mean, like I said, this was in 1998. I had a strong feeling that someday this was going to happen in America and it was going to be way worse and that this was just a preparation for me. And then, of course, over the past few years, we've seen, we've seen how we're preparing for an economic collapse. So, so here's the deal. I used to be on four prescription drugs. I actually used to have um, an autoimmune illness. I had chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia for six years. I was partially disabled. I was on three different medications for sleep. And also they were anti-anxiety drugs. And then I was on um, a thyroid medication. I literally could not function without these drugs. I, I could not, I would not sleep. If I didn't have my sleeping medications, I would lie awake the whole night in bed with my heart racing. And without the, the thyroid medication, I was, I couldn't function. I couldn't move. So I, I would have been rendered completely incapacitated in the, if, if that, you know, any kind of economic collapse had happened when I was using those medications because they're not going to be available for everyone. If you're rich or you have connections, maybe you'll still be able to get them, but I wouldn't count on that. And so I was able to get off all four of my prescription medications and incidentally have a restoration of my health using essential oils from Young Living as well as some of the supplements they have as well as lifestyle and modifications. Now, I would think that this was something you did along with your physician and you didn't do all four at one shot that you eased out of in some program or pathway, not like cold turkey flip the switch, because that can be very dangerous yes. for some people. Correct, yes. Fact, the three drugs I was on, I'll just tell you which ones they were. I was on Clonopin, Neurontin, and Elevil for sleep, and that took about a year for me. In fact, this was before I had come across the essential oils. I started to wean off of them very slowly. Um, one by one, very slowly uh, weaning off. And even with the content, I had some major drug trips, and I told about that in my book, Medical Preparedness for Adults. But um, it was a very slow process. I was not able, this is before I came across the essential oils once again, I was not able to completely wean off of these medications. And then my massage therapist introduced me to the oils, and I started using, uh, there were the two of them that I started using, and within a couple weeks, I was able to be completely off of all of those drugs for sleep and anxiety. And then it was um, a couple months later that I was able to get off of the, the Synthroid that I was on for my thyroid and actually found one of the supplements with Young Living. It worked better for me. I had more energy. It just worked better than, than Synthroid. Now, if someone doesn't have a thyroid gland, if that's been surgically removed, then they're probably not going to be able to do that. Um, you know, everyone's a little bit different. And I definitely recommend that people work with their doctor and that they don't just decide, oh, I'm just going to use this now and I don't need my drug. You know, sure. It, everyone's different, and, I, and, and I'm, not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not qualified to tell people exactly how to do it. 
but there's some guidelines that I give to be able to work with your doctor to be able to wean off of or reduce your dependency on, you know, whether you're on high blood pressure medications, antidepressants, even diabetics, um, especially type 2, there's some things you can do. It's very powerful. I have one client who's diabetic, and he uses, there's two of our essential oils. He puts them under his tongue. Within one minute, blood sugars drop 30 points. Well, and I think that's a huge thing. I, I was making notes as you went along, and I had diabetes down. Now, I'm going to say something that might upset some people out there, but I think that not all, but a large portion of type 2 diabetics, a true collapse will cure their diabetes. Because when they start starving to death and not eating Ho-Hos and Ding-Dongs and Twinkies and Krispy Kremes, uh, there's been experiments done recently. There was an experiment done where they all they did was take a group of type 2 diabetics, they put them on a 600-calorie-a-day diet until they lost sufficient weight. 100% of them experienced full recovery. But that's not the case for everybody, and there are type 1 diabetics. And having something you can do during a collapse because, let's face it, there's you were in the Soviet Union when that fell apart. There was things that just weren't coming. Just, just not coming. So my, my thought with that is then, you know, like we were saying about getting off of certain drugs, but there are people that are on antipsychotics and things like that, that if, if they end up in that situation and now nothing's coming and they, let's say, let's say you were in a place and there's a guy with, I, I don't even know enough about drugs to say what drug, but a drug that he was using for maintenance, he was on it three times a day. He's got enough to go 14 days and you absolutely positively know that on day 15, there's going to be no help. On day 25, there's going to be no help. But we're in a 60-day or longer situation. What could that person do? Well, this is why this is why people need to do things now because um, especially with different types of um, mental illness, actually most of these types of chronic illness that, that we're taking drugs for, there are significant lifestyle components. You mentioned that with diabetics, but it's, it's true for all of these illnesses. And I talk about in here some principles um, uh, dietary principles that unfortunately most of our doctors don't know about that are very powerful to help get to the root cause even of people with, with severe mental illness, bipolar, even schizophrenia. Some of them have responded extremely well to some of these dietary things. And I'm not telling people it's easy and it's going to be take you know two weeks for them to heal. I'm saying it's actually kind of a little bit of a long haul, especially if you've been sick for a long time, um, to make these to make these lifestyle changes, to start working with your doctor to, to wean off your drugs as you're using the oils and the different supplements. And this is something you're going to want to do now. Now, I, have to, I do have one more thing to say about essential oils um, and, and the, the one way they're different from drugs, and that is the more that you use the essential oils, the less you need them. It's not something that you, that you have a dependency on. In fact, it's a I don't big deal. Yeah, I don't use the oils for any of it. I don't need anything to sleep anymore. It's been years. I have no problem falling asleep. It actually helps to heal the root issue as opposed to making you addicted and making you need more and more. So by taking action now, we still have time. People can still <clears throat> do some special diets now. We're not in a collapse scenario yet. Now is the time for people to take action and to really take a hold of their own health. So if something does happen, and it probably will, they're more prepared. Now, I think it's going to be extremely stressful when we're, you know, first of all, I hope you have your food storage, but just eating, living off food storage, that's a little, that's stressful to me. But you're going to want to have a lot of these health issues resolved before anything like this happens. Um, I think there might be some digestive issues, and there's probably some things we can do with essential oils from that. I mean, there's a lot of people out there 
that the bulk of their food storage are things like rice, beans, wheat berries, etc. And even though I constantly try to teach you what you store and store what you eat, there's a certain point where if you go, well, if I want to be longer than a month or two months or three months with a lot of management, it's either the long-term storage food thing, which is doable but somewhat expensive, or the way I can do it cheap is I can lay up a bunch of these things that naturally store for a long time. But there's a diet, if you're a guy like me that eats a lot of, you know, grass fed beef and, and pastured poultry and pork, and I have to switch over to wheat berries, rice, and beans because that's my survival ration, there's a dietary adjustment factor there as well. Totally. Yeah, and, you know, there, it's not easy. Getting prepared for this type of thing is not easy, but there's so much more that people can do, especially with the oils for their health than, than I really haven't heard anyone talking about this. And, and I don't. I don't think it's because they're not. They don't care. I think it's because they don't know that there are some real viable solutions. Um, yeah, it is going to be stressful when we switch to our food storage, um, but we need to. We need to take action right now to help alleviate and heal ourselves, so that we're not dealing with that on top of everything else. And, you know, in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, and that was only relatively a short-term disaster. There was a 50% increase in mortality after after the disaster. And the research shows it was because people didn't have access to their drugs, and that was only for a couple months. So, now, yeah. if you had some more to say, I'll go ahead. And I'll, no, I have, that's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I have a guy named Brandon Sheldon that's going to be on the show next week who has been doing relief work in Haiti. And that's a combination, like I said, uh, disaster slash collapse, right, because the disaster caused the collapse. He said the number one thing killing people in Haiti to this day, especially children, is diarrhea. Um, that it's the number one killer in that type of a scenario because of access to clean water, because of the quality of food, because of the rampant infection. Are there some things that can be done with essential oils to try to compensate for that? I mean, obviously, you've got to stop drinking water with Cliptosporidium and Giardia in it, uh, and, and that's something you have to do, but... That is a major threat, and he's done a lot of relief work, and he said that's been the case everywhere he's been in the third world, that it's, it's you know, diarrhea is something as mundane as that that kills people. So is there something that, that can be done in that regard? Absolutely. Um, my favorite oil for that type of thing is peppermint oil, and I'll share just one example. And obviously, I haven't been in Haiti, you know, for a couple of years dealing with different infectious diseases, but I did get a stomach bug from my sister that was causing everyone in the family to vomit and have diarrhea at the same time. And I, as soon as I started feeling it, I put peppermint oil on the bottoms of my feet. That might sound like really weird and woo-woo, but believe me, it worked. I put a little peppermint oil, a couple drops, and I also massaged the bottoms of my feet. And I did not throw up once. I did not have any diarrhea. And my mom was in and out of the bathroom with constant diarrhea and vomiting. I did have the weakness. Um, I did have the flu bug, but I never had the major digestive symptoms because I handled it with the peppermint oil. Now, another thing that can be helpful is essential oils. Now, this has not been studied totally scientifically, so I'm, I'm not going to vouch and say, but there are essential oils that have been that in that people have shown in their case does purify the water. Oregano essential oil. Uh, one woman had a well in her backyard. And it tested positive for E. coli, and they told her she had to get it all cleaned out with a bunch of bleach and different things before it would pass code. She did not want to put bleach in her well. She dumped a bottle of therapeutic-grade oregano oil in her well, one bottle, 
and 15 milliliters, a tiny little bottle, and then they came back a week later and there was no E. coli. So essential oils like oregano, there's one called Bees that's highly antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal, and even lemon oil. Lemon oil is great for, for cholera. Now, isn't that one of the problems they're having in Haiti? That's a huge problem. That's a huge reason that people have the diarrhea in the first place is from cholera. There's other reasons, but that's one of the driving factors. It's not so much today, but in the first six months of the event, cholera was a huge problem. Yeah, so lemon oil, taking that in water and taking it internally can be, and also lemon juice, incidentally, uh, can be very helpful for cholera. In our company, Young Living, my supplier actually donated a whole bunch of lemon oil to Haiti to the relief effort. Oh, wow. Um, my, my, I, what I remember, and, and God, I wish I could find a documentation of this study somewhere. This is like one of these things where with the way I remember things, it, it's, it's in a file somewhere in a brain cell. But I remember driving in my vehicle one time, listening to a radio show where they were discussing this, and this is 15, 20 years ago. A hospital in Great Britain began misting lavender essential oils into one of their wards where they were having a particularly high incidence of staph infection. And it pretty much just killed it off. And that's all that they were doing. Now, unfortunately, I can't cite the study. I can't find the study. If anybody knows about it, I'd love to hear about it. I'm sure you would as well. But it's it's another example of at least anecdotal evidence of the antiviral, antibacterial properties of essential oils. Absolutely. I haven't heard that with lavender, but I'm not surprised. But I can tell you, I can. I have a study on my website showing that a blend of oils called these essential oil killed staff 100%. And they did, and it kills it in the petri dish, and it kills it in clinical research. And I know several people personally who have used that essential oil blend on themselves to get rid of the staph infection. So like that would say, you know, uh, one of the things I think of is MRSA. You know, being a, in a collapse scenario, a real problem. Definitely. And at yeah. least, you know, and I, I'm not saying that like, and I don't think you are either. That if you have some of these serious problems right now. You just throw some oil on it and hope it gets better. That you would seek proper medical care alongside of that. But there are these scenarios that we're discussing today where, well, you got to do something, and running down to Doc Herberts or whatever isn't going to be an option in some of these scenarios. I'll give you, I'll give you one instance with myself with the seeds oil. I had a this was a couple years ago. I had a mumps-like illness. I had just on one side, one of my carotid salivary glands swelled up big. I couldn't close my mouth and chew. I had a fever. I was extremely ill. And I actually don't didn't have health insurance at the time. And my homeopathic doctor was out of town. And so and I looked up online and I saw that a doctor would give me antibiotics or surgically remove the gland. So I'm like, well, that is last-case scenario. Let me try what I have on my, you know, let me try my oils first. So I used the thieves essential oil, and I put out a, a little thyme essential oil, which is very similar in property to oregano, and I rubbed that on the, the salivary gland on the, on the outside of my cheek, and then I used a bentonite clay. I just had the idea to use bentonite clay, and I did a little clay mask over that area and left it on for like five or ten minutes. And then every time I did that, the swelling went down significantly to the point where within a day and a half, it was completely gone, and I was totally fine. And by that time, the weekend was, it was a long weekend. The weekend was over. I was totally fine. I never needed to go to the doctor, never needed to go see anyone. Um, if I had been, like, in a really serious condition, like, you know, I definitely would have gone to a doctor as well. But I was able to take care of it myself before it got bad, just with the essential oils and some bentonite clay. 
You know, I think there's a huge case for that in a lot of situations, um, collapse or non-collapse, that if you have a problem that's not life-threatening or physically going to scar you for the rest of your life and you have time, you can, one, allow – just wait and see if the body fixes it in some ways. And then the other side of that is – you know, you can try some of these other therapies and give them a chance to work because you can always go have somebody cut into you later. But once they've cut into you, they've cut into you. You can't, like, go mulligan, do over it, never happened. It doesn't work that way. Totally. Totally. But I found I've actually not needed to see a doctor since uh, 2006. <clears throat> I've been able to deal with everything myself with oils, with natural healing, or I have a, I have a homeopathic, naturopathic doctor who I go to if I need to go to someone. I would go to a medical doctor if I had something come up. But yeah. I've even dealt with kidney stones. I've dealt with all kinds of different things that because I was able to take care of them right away with, with these natural things and with lifestyle, I never needed to go to a doctor. Saved myself who knows how much money. Yeah, I actually, I'm, like, I'm the guy that says, okay, look, if there's a car wreck, and there's a yield, st- yield sign sticking into my spleen, please yeah. take me to an emergency room and please try to save my life. But yeah. in a lot of instances, I feel that people are made sick by modern medicine. Um, and I know some people think I'm nuts for saying that, but I really do. And I got that opinion as a very young man when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life and trying to break into sales. My first sales job I ever took was selling insurance. I did it for like four weeks, and I was good at it, but I hated it, which is why I quit. But they, because I was good really fast, they started sending me out to all these old people that already had policies to increase their coverage. And you'd get to the part of the application where you'd go, are you on any medication? And they'd go, yeah, and then they'd, they'd break out the bottles because they don't even know. And they have this stack across the table, and you go, okay, what is that? What is that for? Okay, and it's you know it's for hypertension or whatever. Okay, and they, what is that? What is that for? And you get about three into it, and one of them would be to correct the side effect of the other medicine. And th- at that point, it was almost every single medicine that you continued to take down on the application was to counteract the effects of the other. So they'd be on 10 medications, but six or seven of them would specifically only be there to counteract the effects of the first three. And and when I started, you know, even you know, being kind of dumb as a young kid, hearing that kind of thing, I went, that that can't be a good plan. That just doesn't seem like it works to me. Most definitely. Now, even the most conservative estimates show that at least 10,000 people in America die every year from taking prescription drugs as directed. That's a very conservative estimate. Now, I hold on, I'll say that again because I, I think people might misunderstand what you said, and I know exactly what you said and how important it is to understand. You said 10,000 people, by the most conservative estimates, taking prescription medications as directed, not misprescribed, not overdosed, they got the right pill in the right bottle, followed the instructions, and it still killed them. Yeah, and okay. that is once again that's the most conservative estimate. That you know that's that's huge. Now, if you, Mike Adams from NaturalNews.com has had an article that came out, and it was way more than that. Some of the stats that he was quoting, it was up into I think six figure people, six figures of Americans each year dying from prescription drugs as directed. I know that even Tylenol. Quick, how many people died from taking essential oils last year? I have not heard of one death from essential oil. Okay. Okay. Please continue. I just kind of wanted to point out an irony here. When when the FDA says things like you can't put an I in the name because we want to make you safe, go ahead. Right. right. 
Well, now people will get a rash if they're using if they're using poor quality oils, and they're they're gonna they're not gonna get the same results using the, the cheap oils. But I have, God, there's there's almost there's very few. There are a few precautions, and I talk about them in my books. That you know, if you're a pregnant woman, you need to stay away from sage essential oil. It's, it's high in estrogens, and it is actually used to induce labor. Um, and so, just in case, you stay away from that if you don't want to induce your labor yet. And um, there's a few oils that you dilute them before using them on babies. Peppermint oil is one of them. It's too strong for babies. But in general, essential oils are extremely safe. You have to, the, the doses, you have to, like, drink, like, a gallon of an oil, you know, for it to kill you. And I don't know anyone who's going to have a gallon of any essential oil that they're going to drink. That's not very likely. I think you'd be um, self-medicated by throwing it up before you got that far. I would think so. Yeah, I've not heard of one death due to essential oil, but everybody, almost everybody knows someone who's been injured by Western medicine, and it, it, it should be, the drugs in the surgery should be used as a last case resort, or if, like, if you, like you said, you had a yield sign sticking out of your swing. Yeah, absolutely. Real cool. so, so you've mentioned a couple times in your book, you've actually authored a couple books. You want to tell us about your books? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're short books, reference guides more than anything. On One of them is called 101 Uses for Nine Essential Oils in a Disaster. And I teach people how to use our kit. Of, it's called the Essential Oil Survival Kit that comes with these nine oils. It teaches people how to use these nine oils for everything um, like snake bites, poison ivy, pneumonia, lice, um, shock, bleeding, burns, spine injury, toothache, toxemia, and then infectious disease like cholera, anthrax, um, MRSA, all these different types of things with the injuries and the infectious disease that that are more of a concern with a a natural disaster, even such things as even sexually transmitted diseases, tuberculosis, things like that. There's a little section in the back um, giving some basics for using the oils with different conditions with women and children and babies. Um, so that's 101 uses for nine essential oils in a disaster. My other book, Medical Preparedness for Adults, I teach people how to prepare for collapse medicine, which is when their drugs are not available anymore. And um, I go into the top classes of drugs prescribed to adults, um, number one being antidepressant, anti-anxiety drugs. We go down into um, high blood pressure medications, high cholesterol, pain medications, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and how people can change their lifestyle, how they can use the essential oils, some supplements to be able to work with their doctor to wean off of these drugs or at least reduce their dependency. Um, this is something that it's really, the time is now. It, it, the time was kind of yesterday, but we still have some time to be able to take care of these things. And you can get either one of these or both of these books at EssentialSurvival.org. Um I have them both in ebook format as well as hard copy. Um, 101 uses for the essential oils. The ebook is going to be is three dollars ninety nine cents. No excuse anyone can afford that if they want to know how to handle all these injuries. The hard copy is five ninety nine, or you can get both hard copy and ebook for five ninety nine. Medical preparedness is a bit bigger of a book. The ebook is five ninety nine. Hard copy is nine ninety nine, or both for nine ninety nine, or I really want to get the word out to people, so I'll give you everything, both of the books, hard copy and ebook, for $13.99. And, and then even I'm going to do one more thing for you guys. Basically, um, like I said, we don't have too much time to waste. I'm going to give free shipping for the next three days 
until the 13th of April um, on anything on the ebook as well as my essential oil survival kit. Um, if you use the coupon code Survival Podcast uh, for you guys, I'll just go ahead and give that to you. Get you trying the essential oils, um, starting to get the results, and then having that information on how to use them. I really, I personally guarantee that you will start to get results and you'll be, begin to feel it immediately. Um, with some of these things and really be able to feel more prepared or I'll give you your money back after 30 days. Uh, it's hard to beat a guarantee where you get to try it and if it doesn't work, you get your money back. So I appreciate that. And I, I appreciate you doing the uh, the special offer for the audience. You're going to do that for what? So through the week, through the next three days. Correct. And I'll, I'll put links to the website and mention in the show notes all of the details that you just uh, rattled off there for those that are in a car listening to your iPod or something. When you get home, just pull up the survivalpodcast.com. And today's episode 878 and all of that information along with links will be in the show notes. Hey, Julie, I really appreciate you being with us today. Um, and I'm going to tell you something I don't tell every guest. I would love to have you back on sometime in the future. I think we could probably put together a list of uh, things that the audience is concerned about from a medical standpoint and have you back to kind of go over that. Um, it's a sincere invitation. It doesn't happen for everybody. So I, I appreciate you. Yeah, I would absolutely love to. Great. Well, um, did you did you get cut off there at the end? No, I'm good. Okay, I thought you got it sounded like you got hacked off there at the end. Anyway, folks, with that, uh, this has been uh, Jack Spirgo today, along with Julie Billing, helping you figure out how to live that better life. Times get tough, or even if they don't. There's nothing I can do It's the price we pay, I guess We follow all the rules There's a better way to do this Let me show you a better way
revolution.